Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Kyle Kelly. We are back on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. Looking forward to talking with you all about some Notre Dame football recruiting. Got several topics lined up for today's show. I was off last week. The week before, I did a solo show. Week before that, we had to skip. Um, We just didn't have a a Friday recruiting episode because Kyle was in uh, South Bend for interviews. So it's been a month, Kyle. It's been a full month, man. How you been? Yeah, not too bad. And uh, it's kind of ironic. We have some interviews going on right now with uh, new linebackers coach Max Bulla and uh, new offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock happening in uh, South Bend. So our buddy Tyler Hork is there covering that for us so we can talk some recruiting. Yeah. so yeah, we have several lined several topics lined up. Please, folks, hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our channel for more YouTube content, of course. And blueandgold.com is uh, your home for all things Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, football and recruiting coverage. Our offer for new subscribers is a buck for two months when you use the promo code UND1. So please check that out over at blueandgold.com. So. It has been a while since we talked on air um, uh, for me and Mr. Kelly here. 
So I wanted to go through the 2025 class and just kind of just generally speaking where things stand, what you're thinking. Um, the class ranks number five in the country currently, which if you look at rivals and probably 24-7, they're probably number one, which I've ranted many times about why that is because I will see Twitter. Gosh, Twitter is just kind of the cesspool of, of dumb takes these days. Oh my God, on three hates Notre Dame. How bad are those ranked? No, it's because the other sites are a popularity contest and uh, for the rankings, especially early. Um, and uh, on three is not. It's uh, more of an average than a total point system. So, uh, I mean, Notre Dame has a 47% blue chip ratio per the on three industry rankings. Um, you tell me if that's deserving of the number one class right now. So I think five is is probably more in line um, with we with the with what Notre Dame should be ranked uh, and 17 commits high tally early on class led by, of course, Deuce Knight, Ivan Taylor, Owen Stree, big your three highest ranked players. So yeah, Kyle, 17 commits in late February, man, that's a high number. I mean, for a lot of schools, I feel like they're not going to get to 17 until like the fall. Yeah. I, I almost wondering like how much of that is just like recruiting being sped up these days. Because I know there are a couple other classes with double-digit commitments, but nobody is as far along as Notre Dame. And I know we had a thread on the uh, Loose Emoji message board going this week about maybe it was the end of last week. Either way, sometime within the last few days discussing the primary reason for Notre Dame's fast start in the 2025 cycle. And I basically said when it when it comes right down to it, it's the Notre Dame recruiting staff led by director recruiting Chad Bowden, mm -hmm. director of high school scouting, uh, Dre Brown, and then recruiting associate uh, Carter Allman. I know they have a lot of other new faces coming aboard, um, some more behind-the-scenes people that n really don't ever get the credit. And I know a lot of these guys and gals don't really – they're not in the business for the credit anyway. They're all behind the scenes. But, yeah, my credit goes to Bowden, Brown, and Allman. I, I kind of pointed to how – you know, not only are, are they in touch with a lot of these recruits on a daily and weekly basis, but one thing they've done extremely well in this cycle is for all Notre Dame's major recruiting events, whether that be at, you know, the end of the summer grill and chill where they hosted a lot of the 2025 targets, um, the Ohio State or USC games, and then the uh, junior day on, in January, all these guys are always together on those main visits. And you've seen um, it just guys from each one of those visits have come aboard and committed that have, you know, going back all the way to July, you know, we're on campus together. So that's just uh, the, the fast start in this class. You know, you can attribute to a lot of different things, but when it comes right down to it, I, I really point to the job of the recruiting staff uh, at Notre Dame in this cycle. Yeah. And uh, Kyle, this is what your second, Second class, third, cover Notre Dame? Uh, 2025 will be my third. Third. Okay, so you would have – you were at the other place, what, like midway through the 23 cycle or something like that? When you, yep. when you started there? Yep. You will learn – this is me being an old man now um, and, and, and telling you something, giving you a little wisdom, Kyle. <laughs> the one – that is a huge reason. The other is just like Notre Dame just attracts the early commitments, whatever it is about Notre Dame. Um, you know, just the note, it, it, it attracts a lot of those no nonsense kids who are like, 
Um, I know what I want in a school. Um, I want the academics. Like I just get it. You know, I don't need more selling on it. I just get Notre Dame. So that that's definitely a big thing. So yeah, the staff. In you know, talking about the great job they do, I think such a big part of it is they're yeah, they they work their butts off, but it's the early evaluations. They get after it. I feel like they just beat a lot of other. Are we calling it core four? Core four. Officially adopting core four. Yes, sir. Core four. And so moving forward, because I've been reading your stuff and you'll write core four and then parentheses, you know, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12. Like, I'm I'm going with it, man. I'm just going to write core four now and just let people figure out what it means. It's the replacement <laughs> for power five. Rest in peace to the Pac-12. Um, but yeah, they. Ju- I feel like they just beat up to the punch. Like, we're going to talk about this. Dalen Penson kid. I'll pop his profile up on the screen for folks watching on YouTube. Um, typically, Notre Dame, you know, I mean, look, look at these other, P, you know, excuse me, I almost said P5, Core 4, Georgia Tech, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Indiana. Usually, And, and then there's a bunch of, you know, FBS, FCS. Like Notre Dame usually, or excuse me, most, you know, of the top 10 teams in the country are not like following those schools. Like they're not like the fifth core four offer or something like that. It's more like 10th or, or 15th, like Notre Dame um, pulling the trigger a lot because, or, or pulling the trigger early. Cause a lot of times coaches at these big time programs, you know, they might like their evaluation, but they don't trust it enough to pull the offer super early uh, or, or pull the trigger on that offer super early, um, you know, because they don't want to get criticized. Oh, you're going after, you know, lower rank guys. Notre Dame really does not give a damn on that. So I respect them for that, um, for sure. Um, I wanted to talk about this. A couple of people have asked about this December 4th signing day. Now, I just saw that report by The Athletic. I really haven't been able to think too much about this and how it impacts not only Notre Dame's classes in the future, but just Notre like recruiting in general. I would love to hear some reasoning for it. Just on first thought, um, it probably makes our lives a little bit easier, Kyle. Um, it just shortens the recruiting calendar a little bit. But otherwise, I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's like that's champion conference championship weekend. So it might actually be good for Notre Dame since they're not like you know going to be playing in a conference championship anytime soon. Uh, but or potentially ever. But yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I, I, again, I, for people who are like, this is why it makes sense. They're the people who made this rule. I would love to hear from them because right now, it, it, like moving it up 11 days doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Michael says, helps with not interfering with bowl prep. It, 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 it's not really a big deal. I mean, you're, if you're playing in the cheese at bowl, it, you know, you still have two weeks to prepare. If you're playing in a playoff game, you know, it, it's 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 the same thing, right? You know, you still got plenty of time to prepare for your game. Like the yeah, the, I don't think the bull prep thing has anything to do with it. Yeah, I think the biggest reason they're moving the date up is because of the transfer portal window. I think coaches probably besides themselves trying to manage, you know, the the outgoing guys and trying to get incoming transfers, all that happened in December. I, I know I I felt like I was kind of caught off guard at the end of the season because all these guys started announcing their intentions, turning the transfer portal before it even opened. And I know the grad transfers can um, jump in pretty much any time. So uh, a lot of those guys, as soon as the regular season was over, they want to hop in because they want to get their spots. 
So I, I think that the the big reason they're moving it up to December, early December, is to combat that transfer portal window. But I, I think that the best solution moving forward is probably to, and I think this is being discussed as well, to, to move the signing day up until August or sometime in, in late summer before the start of senior seasons. I know that could cause some controversy as well with um, you know guys potentially requesting releases from their letters of intents. That happens now anyway. Um, you know, a lot of guys with the coaching changes, a lot of those guys left anyway. Yeah. And I know it's, you know, some people have kind of talked about just going back to a, you know, major February signing day, but that makes things pretty challenging with early enrollees as well. So I think for the coaches and, and for us, <laughs> selfishly, I think August is probably the best time gets gets the guys locked in. Um, and I, you know, I'm not certain about this, but I, I think most of the, or not most, but some of the other collegiate sports, they have their signing days, you know, before senior seasons begin. So would it be that, um, atypical, but yeah, I think, I feel like, uh, you know, the NCAA is trying to do anything they can to make, you know, change this a little bit. Cause right now the way it is that the calendar is just an absolute disaster. Just my thought without take it for what it's worth it's not something this is not a topic that i like spend time thinking about like in the shower or something (laughs) it's usually about Fortnite strategy but like i would go august and then if you have a head coaching change then you have like a window to get out of your your letter of intent um just like the transfer portal right if your head coaches leaves then you have a 30-day window to enter the portal i think 30-day window to now get out of your letter of intent and sign with the new school. And then I, I don't know this probably February. I would do like August and February. Um, that, that would kind of be my thought. And then you mentioned the early enrollee things. I mean, if you're an early enrollee, you know, you can still just enroll whenever, um, you know, when the, when there was just one signing day, uh, when it was just a February signing day, early enrollees still happened they just kind of got there i don't you know i don't i don't know exactly how the all the, all the paperwork and logistics work for that but you can still enroll early and not sign in august so that would be my thought but i just feel like so much of this is trying to put the toothpaste back in the you know in the tube bro like exactly they 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 just really opened themselves up for now we need more and more and, and more player fe- flexibility and which it can be a good it's it can be a good thing, but can't tell me the sport is anything like it was a decade ago. I mean, it, it's just so much different. I mean, God, they got rid of the Pac-12 in like six months or you know, like <laughs> who knows, man? It's it's a wild time to cover college athletics, but uh, yeah, which is why I, I like Notre Dame just kind of standing pat and continue to do what they do and standing true to uh, to what and, and and who they are. So. Um, yeah, there you go. That, that's my take on that. I didn't really anticipate us talking about all that today, but a uh, good question from ENC, and I think Dorito did as well. So anything else on, along those lines you want to touch on, Kyle? No, I think you summed it up well. I know. I always do. I always do. I'm kidding. I usually don't. But I'm going to ask you guys some questions before I move along. I'm going to – I'm just kind of curious, folks. Are you a displaced corporate executive? Are you wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? If you're answering yes to any of these questions, 
or if you're just interested in franchising in general, you're going to want to give Andy Ludicky a call at 404-973-9901. Andy's a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses and using Andy's expertise, he's going to help you find your American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. So give Andy a call again, that number 404-973-9901 and put your life and career in your own hands. And his services are 100% free to you. That's the best news of, of this all. So what do you really have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Give him a call, 404-973-9901. See what he's got to say. Um, give him your thoughts. Give him your concerns. Give him your questions. And Andy's going to help you out. Myperfectfranchise.net. All right. Um, so, yeah, kind of just putting a bow, I guess, on the 2025 class before we dive into some other topics. Um, I'm going to write about this. I'm going to give you guys a little sneak preview. Um, but before I do, please hit the thumbs up uh, on this video. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you have not done so yet for listening via podcast, appreciate you. Leave us a kind review. And we always recommend coming over to YouTube. If you're able to watch instead of listen to the better product. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to write about this at blue and gold Monday is that, Notre Dame is in a position where it can take about 10 more players. Like, so let's, let's take a peek at this for, for folks watching on YouTube. So they're at 17 commits right now. Let's look back to 2024, right? They signed 23 commits in 20 or in eight transfers, right? So you're about 31 there. And then 23, 23 commits when i say commits that's high school guys right so 23 high school guys seven transfers you got 30 and then 2022 22 commits three transfers so a lower transfer number but i mean this, this whole transfer portal thing with notre dame has really developed i mean freeman just got that job in 2022 so you really look at the past two classes that right around 30 number is key now i was talking to blue and gold fans uh or readers uh, upon getting back from my vacation last week. And I was telling them like, looking at the numbers and, you know, you get Sean Terry and that was kind of like one we weren't really expecting um, just because like you take Sean Terry, but that doesn't mean you're going to stop pursuing Jerome Bettis and Derek Meadows. And then apparently Raiden finds bright. So it's like, are you going to take up to five receivers? So I'm like, guys, like, I don't know, but I, I think we're kind of seeing a pattern of Notre Dame being like 23 is our number. And then, Whatever it ends up being, you know, if it's 22, 23, 24, 25 high school guys, we're going to use the rest of those numbers to get to 30 via the transfer portal. Does that make sense, Kyle? Can you just give me a nod if I'm, if I'm making sense so far? So 30 is kind of the number. I think it's going to be over 25 high school guys. I think they're going to get to 26, 27. And I think that it's going to be about three, four transfer guys. So got into my head made me choose right now i'm gonna say like 26 27 high school guys and then four to five guys from the portal uh again i'm gonna cover this more in the gold standard on monday uh, i've been talking to sources all week and do like a whole kind of class rundown of what to know about the class um but yeah i'm all for it kyle uh, i mean again personally we kind of like that 23 to 24 it makes our lives a little bit easier but um yeah 27 and a few transfers yeah, I I feel like my only disagreement is this time of year, I think we're always projecting a, a bigger class, and it never ends up happening that way. 
So I'll be curious to see how Notre Dame finishes uh, in the 25 cycle, just because I have such a big head start. But also, I mean, I feel like both of us can say, you know, there are probably three to four guys where we feel extremely confident that not only is Notre Dame their top school, but I think we can say that Notre Dame leads for them. Yeah, there's two off the top of my head that I'm like, they're Andy. So, you know, we can really put it at 19, in my opinion. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, so I I feel like this year could be the anomaly, Um, especially with the the remaining guys on the board. Uh, A lot of the guys that they're still after are must-takes, whether that be, um, you know, Derek Meadows out at Bishop Gorman, the highly rated four-star wide receiver. Devin Williams, cornerback from Buford, Georgia, another highly rated four-star guy. I know you did some more reporting on another top 150 four-star corner, Tristan Haynes from the Oklahoma area. Uh, You know, they're recruiting two linebackers that are top 50 guys, Nathaniel Wusu-Botang, the younger brother, Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa, Madden Faremo from California, who's – Recruitment is quietly a lot like Kingston Villiamuasa's. So yeah. there's a lot of those types of guys in this class that could really increase it to that 26, 27 number. So this is what makes our job so exciting is because, like, yeah, it, in past years, you know, we kind of expect bigger classes all the time, but it doesn't end up turning out that way. But I could definitely see that being the case this cycle. Yeah. So there's definitely been a lot of times where it's like, oh, they're going to get to this number, and then they just don't land a Carter Nelson or the Namandi Boko, and they just don't add those extra numbers. So, yeah, last year it was like the number for Notre Dame was like 23, but plus two if they can hit those on, on those top targets. Um, again, like a Carter Nelson uh, or like a Caleb Beasley or, you know, someone who they could get late and then they d- just don't get them. So then they're not going to take a guy just to take a guy. So that's, is, is that kind of what you're saying about the, we expect a bigger number and then it goes down? Um, I, I think that, you know, like I was kind of basically summarizing my point, I think there are three or four guys that we think are going to jump in Notre Dame's class sooner or later. And then that kind of gets us to that, you know, 21, 22 number. And, you know, then there's like another group of guys that, you know, could out wind up at ND, you know, we'll see if they have room for them. And then there's like those other handful of guys that are takes like no matter what. Yeah. And I think that's how you could end up getting up to that, you know, 26, 27. Yeah. 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 The only way I I see it end up being like a 23, 24 again is if they just don't like if they're just not able to close on some of these top guys. And then there's like, again, we're, we're not taking anyone to to take anyone so or, or take someone to take you know like oh we'll just we want to fill our numbers and get up to 26 like that they're not Notre Dame's not really doing that they're, they're they're taking guys that they believe in so exactly all right let's look at the show outline see what else we got so yeah I was at the Under Armour camp um this past week uh got to see this guy uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of him he's been a little bit covered this week uh, Deuce Knight from uh, Loosedale, Mississippi, George County, number 40 overall player, number five quarterback for the 2025 on three industry ranking. And then uh, on three is ranked, uh, has them as the number 29 overall player, number five quarterback. You see Rivals down there, 34 overall player, number one quarterback. Rivals is still extremely archaic in that they have dual threat and pro style quarterbacks. It's one of the dumbest things 
I get that maybe 15 years ago, but in 2024, it, it's it's pretty outdated. But um, yeah, so he's the number one dual threat quarterback in the country, which uh, I think he deserves. But uh, on three is updating its rankings on Monday, so that'll be really interesting to see. Um, I think Deuce is kind of going to stay right where he is from from what I've heard. Uh, he might drop down like one spot in the quarterback rankings, which is um, pretty minuscule when you think about this is on three's first 2025 rankings update since like October or something since like early junior season footage dropped. Um, so yeah, I think he'll stay right around five or six, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yeah, I got to see him and I, I wanted to, as I pop on the, the footage here for, for folks watching on, uh, folks watching on YouTube, there has been so many articles this week at, you know, at on three about Deuce. And it was like, you know, the, the Dukes guy, I, I forget his name, Duke something. We just hired him on three. I don't even remember. Um, but I really cool hire for on three. Like he did an interview with them and you know, the whole, the whole, you know, top five thing was not like my favorite thing I ever saw, but overall it was a, it was a good interview. I interviewed him, did a couple stories in that Chad Simmons just interviewed him. Like we're interviewing him from this camp. So we have a different viewership than Dukes, than Chad Simmons. We're all under the same on three umbrella, but we're like, we all have different, um, you know, readers and 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 goals and whatnot so it's like i i'm seeing like from chad simmons who wrote the update on deuce knight and, and they're like yelling at him like get like get get his name out your mouth like pulling a will smith on the guys like it was a super fair article and i'm like guys you just need to calm down a little bit like you know the the, the twitter outrages are just uh you know a little out of pocket these days um yeah, look, at, at the end of the day, Deuce, if he takes visits, you, be concerned. If he doesn't, no concern. Uh, but, like, the outrage over, oh, he, you know, it, there, there's articles on Deuce Knight, like, oh, and it's clickbait. I see always Irishes in the chat, and he, I think I saw something from you tweeted about clickbait. I'm like, guys, I always Irish, you're also in the business of clicks. Like, we all, we, we, we want people we put out a product. We want people to view our stuff. Like it's not it, like the, the, the clicks thing. It's the stupidest thing. Yes. We want people to view our stuff. Like what, what, what the hell else? So you just want you want us to, to put out videos and articles and no one watch it. Like, um, but I, I, I digress. I'll get off my, my high horse here. Kyle's over like Kyle. I see Kyle's face. Like Mike, just shut up. Go just talk about the, the, uh, the film here. But yeah. Deuce overall, like I, I've said this a couple of times now and, and I'll go to you, Kyle. Like if CJ Carr's best thing was like how polished he was and how good he looked in the camp settings. Um, that's not Deuce Knight yet. He's literally never had any private quarterback coaching. Um, like this is all just like high school coaching at small George County in Loose Dome, Mississippi. Um, and just his God given athletic ability. Um, so Notre, I think Notre Dame kind of prefers it that way because they just get him as a ball of clay and that they can mold and, and, uh, you know, he's going to come in with, um, you know, habits obviously, but you know, not like bad habits. It's not like he's been coached the wrong way. He's just doing what it comes natural to him. So yeah, it wasn't the cleanest that throw right there was a really nice and a fantastic catch by the receiver. It wasn't like his cleanest performance. Um, 
But again, he's someone who's more about like Friday nights, getting outside the pocket, uh, making plays as an athlete. Uh, and, and can he sit back in the pocket and, and dice you up? Absolutely. But like this setting is not like his best setting, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of like what you would expect from Deuce Knight, some ups and downs. You know, we've talked about him on blue and gold for, for a while now, being like the ultimate boomer bust prospect um, at quarterback, high ceiling, low floor sort of guy. And I think that kind of goes back to what you said, you know, no no private quarterback coaching or anything like that. I, I do find it really exciting in a way that Notre Dame could get this guy and really kind of craft him um, to the type of passer they, they see fit. As it pertains to his recruitment, you know, I, 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 so you and I have two different perspectives of Deuce Knight. You've seen him outside of Notre Dame, whether it be these camps or, or a game and where I've seen Deuce Knight, you know, during recruiting visits. And it just, it honestly blows me away of like how locked in and engaged he is during each of his trips to Notre Dame. I, I think I even posted a video of Deuce Knight during one of his visits last year. Like it's pretty impressive. Like this this guy, I don't he's being pulled at in so many different directions by so many different people. And this was to be expected. I mean, this guy's located in the deep south. Um, you know, I, I do think the Alabama recruitment is a little bit interesting just because uh, seems like you know Knight and his family have some some sort of affinity for Kalen DeBoer going back to his Indiana days when he coached one of you know Deuce's brothers. So I, I think that process is intriguing. Uh, but other than that, I mean, this was pretty much expected, man. When you're yeah. getting a guy from the South like this, like teams aren't going to stop recruiting him. Like why would they? You know, of course Lane Kiffin's going to be calling this guy every day. Uh, from Ole Miss. This is kind of what Notre Dame signed up for. Um, and pretty much like you said, unless he starts to take visits, I'm not going to get worried. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just the, the whole Twitter outrage about like, stop writing about Deuce Knight. You're winning clicks. It's our jobs, man. We gotta Listen again. That. It's, it's like Super Bowl media day at these freaking camps. Like there's so much media um, of course, there's going to be a lot of stories about him. He's Deuce freaking night. I bet that quarterback standing right there, number one oh, or one sixteen, right here. Did you would you rather Notre Dame take him so that all the media, big mean on threes, not writing about him? Uh, you guys just got to get over it and uh, put your big boy pants on. And you know, you wanted a big time quarterback, you got one, and. He, he's great. He gets media attention. Like it, it's just shocking to me. It's like, no, he's, he's ours. You're not allowed to have him. Don't, don't talk about Deuce Knight. Like you guys got to just, you know, put your big boy pants on. You're, you're going to be okay. So uh, that wasn't the only 2020 uh, or, or just in general quarterback recruiting topic. Uh, Cause we also had uh, what some, some quarterback recruiting news. Uh, Troy Hun is a quarterback who. Um, picked up an offer from Notre Dame was just like Wednesday night, I believe it was. Um, and let's see, yeah, Troy Hunt from uh, Mission Hills in Southern California. Um, let's see, what was the other? Oh, Brady Hart set up a visit to get out to South Bend. 
Um, so yeah, Notre Dame's already offered seven quarterbacks prior uh, to Pot of Gold Day. It'll be interesting to see if Notre Dame offers anyone else on Pot of Gold Day. My gut right now, Kyle, would be no. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. And if you had to make me pick like the three guys to keep an eye on on this list of seven, it would be Troy Hun. Again, visiting uh, March 27th, Brady Schmeigel, um, who uh, was on campus for junior day, and Brady Hart, uh, who is uh, visiting, I I forget his date, I'm sure you remember it, Kyle, sometime in April. So I think that's that's the group. Oh, you know what? Never mind, because I'm also throwing uh, Ryder Lines in there. And you, I mean, you probably could just talk about all seven of the, maybe maybe not uh, the, the Jared Curtis kid, but. Uh, Noah Grubbs visited and Ryder Lions. I know Notre Dame absolutely loves. So maybe like that's the four to really talk about would be like Ryder Lions, um, Brady Hart, Brady Schmeigel, um, and Troy Hunt. Yeah, I think the two guys I'm kind of monitoring right now is kind of just naturally because they, they've been the most uh, newsworthy guys are uh, Troy Hunt and um, Brady Hart. Uh, both those guys uh, visiting uh, this spring. I'm just I'm making sure I got Hart's first name right. He's Brady Hart, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, got a lot. Got a lot of names running through my head. So, um, real quick, I did want to add a note on Brady Smigel's recruitment because it's kind of really getting interesting. And I feel like so many times on this show, maybe it's because of my background covering Ohio State recruiting, but kind of um, it, it always pertains to Notre Dame somehow, but. Brady Smigel just reported um, an Ohio State offer this week. That got, you know, that's pretty interesting because for a long time, oh, uh, people thought Ohio State would get uh, Jared Curtis, but now it looks like Curtis is kind of trending towards Georgia. And then it was um, Will Griffin, uh, Justin Thurman, the Notre Dame running backs commitment that Notre Dame offered was going to possibly end up at Ohio State. Now it looks like they are uh, turning their focus to just Michael, perhaps. So that's why it kind of goes back to me really focusing on Hun and Hart right now. I think Lions, like you said, is a guy they they really want to get up to campus. That was the the very first guy that Coach Marcus Freeman saw during the January recruiting contact period. So I uh, checked in with Ryder um, earlier this week, or maybe it was last week. I, I don't. I think he has any visit plans. Um, but yeah, Troy Hun and uh, Hart are going to get up to campus. And the, the two interesting things about their recruitments is neither of those guys have ever visited a school in the Midwest. Of course, Hart being located in Florida and then uh, Hun being located in California. And uh, the other thing I've really found intriguing in this cycle is uh, – all Notre Dame's quarterback offers are over six foot two. So sounds like they kind of got a prototype and the uh, type of guy they're looking for to succeed Deuce Knight. Yeah, I think to, yeah, probably need a little bit more like time to be like, is, does Gino in the staff, do they just only want tall quarterbacks? Like it might just be like, oh, they're just the best available, but, uh, yeah, something to see. I mean, obviously, you would rather have a taller quarterback, but also you just want the best, the best quarterback. This is Brady Hart's film. I got up on the screen. If you made me pick which one of these twenty-six quarterbacks that I think they're going to get, if you ask me like right now, I think Brady Hart is the guy. Um, just like 
from my time covering Notre Dame than just kind of what I'm hearing about behind the scene, behind the scenes. Like I think it would be him. Um, uh, you could definitely argue several of them, but uh, just like his gen- his me- like mental makeup, you know what what I've gathered from interviewing him and and, and all that, and it's kind of how he's how he handles himself in general. That'd be my guess. Brady Hart, fantastic sophomore season, led uh, Coco to a uh, a state championship uh, in, in a high division in Florida. I think he'd be a really good get for the Irish, and like a really good recruiter and face of the class kind of deal. Um, so yeah, Notre Dame could certainly do worse. Brady Hart's a, a fine quarterback. All right, Mr. Kelly, let's see. So that's 2026 quarterback recruiting. We covered the Under Armour deal. Jerome Bettis was also there. Uh, I don't have video of him. Uh, I, I mean, I have it. I just haven't been able to cut it up yet. But, uh, we're, we're, you know, Jerome had – he kind of got banged up on his first one-on-one rep and then, you know, kind of battled through it. But um, when when he got pressed, you know, he, he kind of struggled to get separation. Um, but, you know, both from what I saw from Deuce and Jerome was – about what I thought, like it confirmed what I thought about them before. Like Deuce is a, like, it, that's not going to be his best setting, but he's a fantastic receiver, uh, excuse me, fantastic quarterback and athlete and all that. And then, you know, Jerome is a developmental receiver still has a fairly high ceiling, but um, definitely is in development. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of the, the, the couple other notes there. Uh, so Kyle, we're going to go rapid fire. Notre Dame's offered, I think, these are like the four most notable offers in February. Maybe we're going back to January a little bit. I can't remember. Um, but this was just this week, and you you talked to Dalen Penson. He's listed as an athlete, and that is definitely the term to use for him, just athlete overall. Yeah, he's a ridiculous one, too. He uh highly decorated track and field athlete in Georgia, uh, one state championship in the triple jump, 45-foot, 10-inch mark. Also, a 110-meter uh, hurdle time was the runner-up for 14.21 seconds. But his performance at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta uh, this past weekend was remarkable. He registered a, a 4.48-second 40, and his shuttle time was even more impressive, a 4.13. And that would have ranked third among wide receivers and second among defensive backs at um, this past year's NFL scouting combine. So, yeah, this was a guy in Notre Dame. Uh, not surprised to see them offer. They, you know, obviously a little bit early. Um, but I feel like this is a theme with Notre Dame. Sometimes they get in, you know, as you were alluding to way early on the show, you know, there's some of these guys that they offer right away. And you're going to see a lot of the other SEC schools down there. Um, you know, follow suit. Yeah. And if you want to uh, transition gears, because it, it's kind of the uh, same thing with Javion Campbell, uh, Notre Dame was one of his earliest offers, the defensive lineman from, from Kentucky, uh, the Western Hills High School, uh, you know, had some of those, you know, lower core four offers like Cincinnati, Purdue, Minnesota, like obviously all good, you know, respectable programs, but, None of like college football blue bloods, and now Notre Dame jumped in. I know Javion's got a visit set to Ohio State come springtime. They haven't offered yet. Wouldn't it be a surprise if the Buckeyes offered, to be honest? Um, Javion's going to get back to Notre Dame. He visited on the first of uh, this month, and this kind of fits like we talked about Notre Dame's quarterback prototype. 
in the 26th cycle. Well, the guys they are targeting on the defensive line, at least the remaining guys in the 25 cycle, um, and this goes back to what they wanted toward the end of 24, is guys with length. Um, yeah. That's why they, they targeted uh, Niamni Aboko uh, from North Carolina, ended up signing with Georgia. He was like six foot seven. Javion's another huge guy. Um, I know Juju Marks from Kansas is a guy they're still value, evaluating, considering another six seven guy. Um, yeah, so two guys that are really interesting targets for Notre Dame. And even with Penson, um, he told me he's got two Notre Dame visits in the works. And one of them is uh, potentially going to be a camp in June, so that would be really yeah. exciting to get to see him compete in person and Notre Dame staff can evaluate uh, what position they want to target him at because right now, as you said, it's the true athlete mold. So like corner, running back, receiver, something? I think we're see- – yeah, so really interesting note about Penson's recruitment. He had uh, 12 offers before Notre Dame. Six were wide receiver, six were cornerback. Okay. Um, I wanted to mention real quick last year. Okay. I'm going to step up, up, but I'm going to do another step back every, I feel like every single time I go to one of these camps, Kyle, Notre Dame always offers a kid from the camp that I didn't know about. Right. I'm like at the camp and I'm like, there is a kid here somewhere who Notre Dame is going to offer like three days after this camp. And I'm going to be like, man, I was just there, but I didn't know who he was. And you know what? Notre Dame probably didn't know who he was either. Uh, yep. Or maybe they heard heard of him, but then they get the testing numbers from these camps, and then they're like, "Oh, you remember last year at that same Under Armour? We call it Atlanta camp. It's literally an hour and a half from Atlanta, but it's closer to like Birmingham um, than it is Alabama." But I digress. Classic. <laughs> um, Isaiah Canyon, who ended up committing to Notre Dame, flipping George Tech, he was at that camp, and Notre Dame discovered him from that camp. So I was going into that thing on Sunday, being like. There's gonna be a kid who Notre Dame offers from this camp, and it, but it's like, what am I supposed to do? Not film Deuce Knight and go find the diamond in the rough that Notre Dame's gonna offer from that camp? It's like, and then they they offer uh, Dalen Penson from it, and I'm gonna go see him uh, next week. There's a lot of Notre Dame recruiting in Georgia right now, which I feel like for a year or two is kind of slow, but we got Dalen Penson, Jerome Bettis, um, and let's see, um, Devin Williams, Devin Williams, and then. Smooth little transition. Do you want to try to pronounce this name? Antoine Deslauriers? I, I don't know. I feel like when I interviewed him, he told it's me. It's not Anthony. Know. Interesting. But, yeah, Canadian yeah, linebacker. Antoine. Okay, yeah. So, uh guy from Canada. And uh, I was talking to a colleague of ours, and I described his game as a, a bottle rocket. Like, you light him, and he just phew, fires off. And, like, you never know where he's going to go. But he is a, a hard-hitting guy, and a guy that uh, Max Bola offered after visiting him at his school. And kind of knowing Max Bola's background a little bit on uh, his playing days, going back to Michigan State and then the NFL yeah. ranks, no surprise that Bola liked this guy. And he's going to officially visit uh, Notre Dame uh, June 7th to 9th. I think that's his only official visit scheduled. And we know that Notre Dame is uh, highly successful with those Canadian recruits going back to 2023 with uh, Devin Houston, Armel Mookum, uh, 2024, Sean Sevillano, all three of those guys, defensive linemen. And then 25, got the offensive tackle, Will Black from Canada. So, Mm. 
something to, about those Canadians, man, that just attracted Notre Dame. So wouldn't it be surprised if Notre Dame makes a push for them? Maybe yeah. uh, they had a second guy from uh, up north in this yeah. cycle. I think they're they're going to end up taking like four linebackers because they got Kaokia committed, who they love, by the way. Um, and uh, uh, Hulak. Hulak. Did I say it right? Am I going to get a message yeah, from Kyle was- Kelly? Dominic Hulak, which he's from Russia originally. His parents are. No crap. Seriously? Yeah. So. All right. Well, you jot that down for the recruiting magazine. That's going to be an. That's going to be a really good angle. So Dominic Man, Hulak. So Hulak. 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 <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys. Dude, these um, kids probably think I'm so weird. I'm always texting them for their phonetic pronunciation. You do. And, and Kyle, you, you know, people – I made this joke months ago, and people will still bring it up like Kyle's the spreadsheet guy. So that's why Kyle and I – I think we work very well together. Kyle may disagree uh, because I'm kind of the like the, – the, the dreamer a little bit. I'll just message Kyle and be like, hey, Kyle – in six weeks from now, write this article. I literally did that for the pot of gold thing. And Kyle's the kind of guy who will organize it. So that's, you know, you can't have two organizers and you can't have two dreamers. You got to have one dreamer, one, you know, logistical person. So, um, but going back to the linebackers, I think they might end up taking four. You've got the two. Uh, and I think they're going to get Antoine here. I think that's three. If they push for him, which I think they will. Uh, and then, like an Anthony Saka or like a, a Usu um, Boateng. Um, yeah, Usu Boateng. I'm scared of getting those two mixed up. Usu Cormo, Usu Boateng. Uh, a Madden Farimo, um, you know, Marco Jones. No, there's another California hey, line. No, Noah McHale. I was going to say, we we keep forgetting that, or I do at least, Noah McHale, who's uh, yeah. visiting April. So, he's visiting in April. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, the that news broke when I was uh, on, on my trip last week. So I think they're all going to be like four. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so I got to go see him. So I got four, four guys here for the 2025 class that are uh, uncommitted. So that's always a good time. And then, uh, you know, I wrote about Tristan Haynes at, at Blue and Gold last, or just last night. Uh, I think Notre Dame's in, in decent shape for this four-star linebacker. Corner. Now I'm seeing this RPM to, yeah. Okay. So predictions were in October. Okay. I didn't notice the RPM when I was writing about him yesterday. So yeah, Tristan Haynes, I like where Notre Dame's at here. You've talked to him. Uh, I'm starting to do more reporting on him, Kyle. I, th- I think I'm going to be talking to him soon. Um, like I said, Kyle's the organized guy. Kyle reminded me that I knew someone close to Tristan Haynes. I forgot. So thank you, Kyle, for that as well. Um, so I hit that person up. So I'm trying to get in contact with Haynes and I'm told he's visiting for a spring practice. Just got to uh, narrow down the dates uh, and, and figure that out. But yeah, do you have any thoughts on Tristan Haynes, Kyle? Well, I wrote three thoughts after Notre Dame offered him. Uh, gosh, I think it was earlier this month. So you can always dig back in the archives and see my uh, extensive thoughts. Yeah, I think I posted to his account there. there. Yeah. So another, a couple interesting notes on him. Another guy that has never visited a Midwestern school, like we talked about with uh, the 26 quarterbacks, Hart and Hun um, and Haynes, all, you know, the Triple H is there. And the, the biggest thing with him that I find extremely interesting is pretty much all of his high school teammates have wound up at Oklahoma. 
One of those guys being a 24 running back that Notre Dame targeted, uh, Xavier Robinson. Uh, Notre Dame was in a really good spot for him before they uh, got a commitment from Kedron Young. Uh, So Robinson ended up going to Oklahoma, and I think three of his current classmates are also committed to Oklahoma, including one of those guys being a quarterback that transferred into the high school there in Carl Albert. Um, It's very highly esteemed high school program. No surprise that Notre Dame's trying to get involved there. So I I think Notre Dame's uh, working a little bit from behind um, Oklahoma. That's why there's a couple RPMs there, I think, because everyone's connecting the dots with with his teammates winding up at Oklahoma possibility of staying in state but i remember when when talking to tristan um he was very excited about his notre dame offer and right away you know they kind of shot up to the top of his board so this guy makes it up to campus much like if xavier robinson would have before notre dame had to cancel his official because kedron young committed you know that's a guy that you know you got to get him back for an official but um could possibly wind up in the 25 class Yep, good stuff. Uh, a comment here from Michael. He says, so Mike, since you've joined the Notre Dame beat, have you grown to appreciate slash like Notre Dame football? Not sure how you felt about Notre Dame beforehand, but was interested in your interest slash support slash respect for Notre Dame now. Okay, interesting question. Um, Yeah, I mean, I grew up a Georgia Tech fan. Um, I never yeah. knew that. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, man. Uh, and then I just... You know, so I grew up watching George Tech, you know, Reggie Ball, Calvin Johnson, um, you know, Demarius Thomas, um, you know, some of those guys. Um, I think, you know, Tashard Choice. I think he's like the te- Texas running back coach or something. Like he was a running back at George Tech. So that's what I grew up on. Uh, and then I, I kind of just became a college football fan. I, I kind of stopped watching them. George Tech, it was just pretty bad with the triple option near the end of the Paul Johnson era. Um so like in terms of Notre Dame, like, I mean, I, I think I cried in 2006 when uh, Brady Quinn beat the Yellow Jackets in Atlanta. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, I always like Notre Dame. Um, and then like, it, it's an interesting question because like interest, support, respect for Notre Dame. Now, my interest is this job is basically my life. So it's it, it's not like, do you love Notre Dame? Do you not like Notre Dame? It's just like Notre Dame is life. So like, do I re- support? I mean, I, I I think naturally I kind of do. I don't, you know, like a lot of these things are just like mindless things. Like I just, it just is. It, it, my life just kind of is Notre Dame. Um, I I think the people at Notre Dame are fantastic. Um, I highly highly respect how they handle their football recruiting operations and just really football operations in general. I think they do things the, the right way a lot of times in a, in a business and in an industry that is shady, um, which is kind of how I like to do my business, not shady, you know, do things the right way. So yeah, you know, do I like Notre Dame football? Like, dude, like it's, it's my life. Like that's, that's kind of my answer to that. Kyle, do you have any thoughts on that? I think you, uh, you tend to like root for people that you get to know, like in this business. And I think a guy like Marcus Freeman, for example, it's, it's hard to root against that guy. So, you know, I think some people know that I was a Notre Dame fan growing up, but once I got off to a college, 
I was just too swamped and involved there in our, our school's athletics department. So I kind of stopped following Notre Dame football. You know, I, you know, I'm not, as, I wasn't as big of a Notre Dame fan as some of my family members growing up, but yeah, I mean, this is a dream job for me. I love covering Notre Dame and the big thing, like you said, they do things the right way and, and it's easy to, to kind of hope and, you know, be appreciative of the times they succeed you know, because because they are such a well, you know, they, they just do things the right way. So that's why I got yeah. a lot of respect for the team that I covered. Yeah. Bleeberg's talking about how I grew up a Georgia Tech fan. When you grow up in Atlanta, everyone likes Georgia. I just got sick of seeing the black and red, man. I just got sick of it. And I'm like, Georgia Tech's closer. You know, Athens is an hour and a half from here. And Georgia Tech's 35, 40 minutes up the road. And you guys all like. Georgia is just kind of pissed me off. So I like, I like, you know, going against the grain a little bit, not with everything, but you know, a little bit. So can I add one point to that? So where I grew up in Toledo, pretty notoriously split between Ohio state, Michigan fans, Ohio state, the in-state school, but Michigan's actually located. And like growing up just Ohio state and Michigan fans, they're just insufferable. Like, and it's hilarious because, you know, me and my best friend growing up, both Notre Dame fans, and like us as Notre Dame fans, we do not like Ohio State more, or we did not like Ohio State more than Michigan. Like, I know Notre Dame fans hate Michigan, especially some of the old timers when it goes back to, I think there was a circumstance where, you know, Notre Dame had to, the chance to join the Big Ten or it was in consideration, and, you know, Michigan, you know, didn't let it happen, but us growing up, we couldn't stand Ohio State fans. It's kind of, kind of still the same way. We got you know a couple really good friends of mine are Ohio State fans, and we have some banter every now and then. But yeah, yeah, I was in a similar situation with you, man. Going against the grain in Toledo, Ohio, Irish Catholic, going growing up, kind of half the root for Notre Dame. No, I think when you're like, I can't stand Ohio State fans. I've a lot of Notre Dame fans are watching this, being like, yep. I'm from, you know, Texas or Seattle or whatever. And they're like, yep, yeah, Ohio State fans are the worst. <laughs> like, no matter where you're from, you're probably saying the same thing. So I love it. Now, Bleberg, uh says, my mistake, I thought you were Florida born. Um, uh, I, I currently am in the Atlanta area. This is actually my third time living here. I've lived in Florida a couple times. I, I said Seattle. I live in Seattle and I was a, a young kid as, as well. So. Bouncing around a good bit, but um, yeah, currently in the Atlanta area right now, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see where I end up. So, but great thing about uh, covering Notre Dame is you kind of live anywhere. Which I don't know if there's a better. Like I'm thinking about this, man. I don't know if there's a better place to live than Toledo, covering Notre Dame, uh, because of all of the places you can drive. Now, is there many recruits in Toledo for Notre Dame? I can't remember the last one they've offered in Toledo. But you're close to Detroit. You can get over to South Bend. You can get over to Chicago, all of Ohio, Indianapolis. It's a lot of travel and driving for you, but you just have such great access to so many different cities um, for these drives. So I've said that. Tell my girlfriend that, man. (laughs) She's wanting me to move to Cleveland. And yeah, I love Cleveland as well. But it's it's hilarious because like all the the like all the guys in Notre Dame primarily recruits in the Midwest are all on the Western part of the Midwest, not like 
Cleveland or you know that you know high school football in Southeast Ohio is not that exciting. But yeah, you can get I mean, more into Pennsylvania. How far, like like Cleveland to Pittsburgh? They don't recruit Pennsylvania though. I mean, Anthony Saka, which is all the way in Philadelphia, yeah. you know, basically across the country. You know, Pittsburgh, they really haven't been too successful in, since the Heinishes. Um, I know there's a couple guys. Uh, I think they're coming up in the 26 cycle that Notre Dame could offer. But yeah, yeah, I do. You know, it it is interesting. You know, being in Toledo and covering Notre Dame because I I think it. You know, there's pros and cons with everything, but I really like where I'm at, man, because I I really can get to anywhere in the Midwest within two or three hours. So no, we got to keep your ass in Toledo, bro. <laughs> All right. For it. For it for now. Well, we're going to sign off today's show right there with a little personal banter. Uh, folks, please hit the thumbs up on the video. Subscribe to our channel for more content. If you are not subscribed to Blue and Gold, our current offer for you is uh, a buck for two months when you use that promo code UND1 for new subscribers. Uh, get the details over at blueandgold.com. So, again, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, to today's show we will be back next friday and we'll have plenty of youtube content next week leading up to our friday show but again thank you all for watching and as always we will catch you next time madness is here say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.